0: Exercise is a good way to regulate your life. One week you're in a killer show and you feel on top of the world. The next week you're in debt and there's nothing on the wall. Creative careers have ups and downs, but a 45-pound plate is always a 45-pound plate. No matter how you're feeling about your work day to day, the iron is the same every week. Making linear progress helps to keep your eyes set on the long-term goal and helps you to overcome unpredictable hurdles. Similarly, living your life through an obsession with social media or politics is a bad hobby which usually leads to poor mental health outcomes. Everyone on the left, right, up, down, and sideways can benefit from self-care activities like cleaning your room. But contrary to Peterson, the point of self-maintenance is to better keep your eyes set on the long-term goal, art, politics, or otherwise, not to pretend that it doesn't exist. Today we're going to talk about a piece I recently published on Patreon and Substack, my fitness program and syllabus for 2023. I used to teach at a few universities like the School of Visual Arts in NYC and the Rhode Island School of Design. Since I left those positions to become a podcast and content creator, I have about once a year published a syllabus of links, a 15-week course that can be done asynchronously. This project began with uploading my syllabus from the university directly to Patreon. So this is the identical material that you would be taught in a university setting. Probably not given the same exercise instructions, but I think it's a rather novel idea to combine the two, and it seems to have done pretty well. I've gotten a lot of questions about this project. Today we'll go over the whole thing in its entirety. If you have not exercised before, my recommendation is that you go to really any beginner program, Starting strength is a great option among many of them. All of these are going to incorporate what we call the big compound lifts. Compound lifts use multiple muscle groups. It's going to give you a full body workout that consists of the overhead press, the bench press, the squat, and deadlift. You can start very simple, add 5 or 10 pounds every week. Do that for 6 months, learn the past syllabus while you're at it, and then come back to this program for isolation and hypertrophy training. The movements in this program are targeted at sculpting a classically masculine aesthetic, but anyone who wants to do it could benefit from this program. Most of the exercises that we've assigned here are to be performed on machines. You're gonna be targeting individual muscles with minimal overlap. What that means is that instead of doing big compound lifts where you're engaging your pecs, you're engaging your triceps and your delts and everything else, you're targeting each of those individually, And as a result, you're going to see greater development overall. Beginners will really benefit from doing the compound lifts, but after a year or so, you will see a plateau in your performance, and you will need to go to some type of isolation or hypertrophy training. So welcome to week one of the Super Secret Syllabus version 2023. This is a 15-week program. All of the work is portioned out to around 90 minutes a week over a 15-week semester. And our first week begins with an incredible book by Katherine Liu, friend of the podcast, Virtue Hoarders, The Case Against the Professional Managerial Class. Now, this was published in 2021 by University of Minnesota Press. And for the first week, we're going to read the introduction and then chapter one, Transgressing the Boundaries of Professionalism. The professional managerial class, this is a definition that is constantly changing, and we actually analyzed some of the earlier definitions from 1976, see how they've evolved in the last few decades. But roughly speaking, the professional managerial class is a group of salaried workers that do not own the means of production. They are not the capitalist class, but they're also not on the assembly line. They are neither the working class. So imagine this as Managers, people who are in charge of others underneath them in the workplace, but they maybe don't own the business. In my mind, the professional managerial class is the blue check journalist on Twitter. It's the nonprofit NGO type of people that have a very punitive, brittle strain of liberal ideology in the last few years. And Catherine Liu is an extraordinary critic on that front. The assigned listening for this week is actually my podcast with Catherine Liu discussing these very topics. She's someone who's very familiar to me from the world of politics, but I guess was not really familiar to a lot of people in art and creative spheres, and obviously some of the things she was saying really hit home with a lot of people. This 15-week program is divided into two eight-week blocks during the first week of each of those blocks, we are introducing new movements and that's a very simple assignment of three sets of 10. You're using progressive overload. You're increasing the weight between each set. But what you're trying to do for this first week is to find out how much weight you can comfortably move within that 10 rep range. It's important to get a baseline for starting out because we are going to increase the number of repetitions or the weights in all of the following weeks. So getting that first week dialed in where you know how much weight you can move for the 10 reps, that's really important to have something to build off of in the following weeks. Keep good records, always try to beat the numbers you made last week, and if you keep those notes, you will see incremental progress. Now for Monday on week one, this is the first week of the program, so this is three sets of 10 reps. The first exercise for Monday is the incline bench press. My strong recommendation is to do this on the Smith machine if you have one available. Three sets of 10. We're using progressive overload, so increase the weight between each of those sets. But try to get a good baseline for this first week. We want those numbers to build off of in all the weeks following. So incline bench press on the Smith machine. You're going to follow that with the chest press machine. Again, three sets to 10. That's true for all of these. Followed by high to low cable flies dumbbell preacher curls, and then hammer curls. That's your five movements for Monday. Tuesday is our leg day in this part of the program. We begin with leg extensions. We're using the hack squat machine. This is a hack squat machine is on an incline. You're using your glutes, you're using your quads, and you're using your lower back just like a regular squat, but it's on an incline so you can bias the quads a bit further. Again, three sets to 10. We're gonna follow that with lying leg curls, then barbell hip thrusts or the glute bridge machine. My personal preference is the glute bridge machine. It feels a bit more stable. I feel more comfortable loading that up with heavier weight. If you don't have that in your gym, a barbell hip thrust would be sufficient. And then our last exercise for leg day is calf raises. Again, we'll do this on the Smith machine if you have one. Wednesday, I recommend 20 minutes of cardio. That's true for all of the off days. This just helps to keep your diet in check, keep your nutrition in check. If you consume a bit more calories during the week, 20 minutes of cardio in your off day is totally manageable. If you are in a bulking phase, you can totally skip this cardio. But for me, just the regular self maintenance, this makes it much easier throughout the week. For Thursday, we're beginning with the machine overhead press. Really go all out with this one, load it up as much as possible because the rest of the movements for Thursday are going to be relatively lighter. Machine overhead press, three sets of 10 again. We're going to follow that with the lateral raise machine. If you have one in your gym, this is really great. I highly recommend it. If not, you can do this with the dumbbell lateral side raises. That's totally acceptable. You could also do cable side lateral raises. That would be okay as well. We're going to follow that with cable side laterals, two sets of 10, because we are hitting the same muscle. We're just trying to get a bit more volume for this. The final movement for Thursday is the tricep extension machine, three sets of 10 again. And Friday, this is our final day for the week where we're doing resistance training. You're going to begin with wide grip pulldowns. Follow that with cable rows using the lat pull down attachment. I've had a few questions. If you're unsure of what this attachment looks like, it's a black bar that is bent, it curls up on the side for a grip. Please do Google search an image of that piece if you're not familiar with it because you don't want to create redundancies in this program. We're using the cable rows with the lat pull-down attachment to specifically target the lats. You don't want that to overlap with some of the other movements we're going to do later on Friday. Following that we go to the incline dumbbell row. And then we're using the reverse pec deck, and that will close us out for Friday. Saturday and Sunday, 20 minutes of cardio, if you so please, if you have the time in your week. For me, it just makes things easier. Week two, week two of the syllabus, we're continuing with Catherine Liu, Virtue Hoarders. And this is chapter two, The PMC Has Children. A lot of discussion of prenatal vitamins in here. Think of this as... Fetal Maxing, maybe? <laughs> I, th- I mean, it literally is fetal maxing. I mean, That's not an exaggeration. Uh, and the assigned video for this week is an exceptional film called Ingrid Goes West. This is from 2017, directed by Matt Spicer. It stars Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen as the main characters. In my opinion, this is the best social media movie I think that has ever been made. It's about a follower who becomes parasocially obsessed with an influencer, such that she moves to LA and models her entire life around this character. It's a really it's a really great piece, and I don't think there's anything else like it. It's an easy intro for week two, and then we're going to get to some of the more rigorous material as we move forward in the program. In this program, you are using progressive overload meaning we are increasing the weight after each set, and we are lifting till failure on the final set. The third set is your heaviest set, and it should be loaded with a weight that you can only complete for the assigned number of reps. So if you begin with 12 for your first, eight for your second, and six for your final set, make sure that you're hitting failure on that sixth rep. If you can lift more, Keep going. Get a 7th, get an 8th, whatever it is, and then adjust your loading for the following week so that you land within that assigned rep range. Week 3, we're continuing onward with Virtue Hoarders by Catherine Liu. Chapter 3 is the PMC Reads a Book. (laughs) Speaking of books that you may have been assigned and really don't find a use for, The assigned video lecture for this week is by Vivek Chibber, who is the editor of Catalyst. He is the author of the ABCs of Capitalism. He is a professor at NYU, and he's one of my favorite speakers. There's a number of his lectures on the Jacobin channel. This one in particular is called Rescuing the Left from Its Obsession with Culture. So if you went to art school, or you studied the humanities, or what have you, and you're like, mired in these culture war disputes that just seem increasingly irrelevant and you realize that the institutions have really been captured by the interests of the professional managerial class. Vivek does an incredible job. He's just a very lucid speaker. It's a really powerful send-up of the elite capture of institutions and left political interests in the last few years. For this style of training, you want to descend very carefully. This is the eccentric. The concentric lift is when you're lifting up. The eccentric is the decline. So on the way down, you want to really control the tempo and count in your head one, two, three. On the way up, one, two. And on the way down, one, two, three. Control that tempo. That's going to yield the results. That's going to build all of that hypertrophy. The tempo on the way down is where you're building the most muscle. So so imagine in your head you go to the gym and there's these guys doing really aggressive sets where they're, they're yanking the weights up and then they drop it. That is absolutely the worst way to lift. You want to control the tempo going up and be very patient on the way down. Week four is our conclusion of the Catherine Liu book. We're reading a very brief few pages in the outro. And the majority of the reading for this week is actually what I had referenced earlier, the original essay by Barbara and John Ehrenreich a case study in professional managerial class radicalism. This is from Radical America, volume 11 in 1976. This is where they first coined the term. And I'm choosing this strategically at the end of the Catherine Liu book so we can compare what the definition of PMC was in its origin, and what it has evolved into. And this tells us about the different periods of historical development, the different eras of capitalism, the waning of industrial capitalism in the U.S., the rise of finance capitalism and its rapid decomposition in 2021. So comparing those two periods really makes it very clear how the United States has changed in those last few decades. During week four, we're going to begin introducing back offsets. So pay attention to that in your programming. If you have not done this before, we're usually lifting in sets of three. A back offset is when you decrease the weights by 15 to 20%. So, you know, imagine we'll make the math easy here. Your third set, the heaviest set you're doing, you're lifting hundred pounds and you're hitting failure on that sixth rep or whatever the assignment is for that week. Your following back offset, the fourth set of that movement, is going to be reduced by 15 to 20%, meaning 80 or 85 pounds. Very important to underline this, that the fourth set, you should not be increasing the weight as you would for the previous three in progressive overload. Usually you're doing it to eight reps. If you hit failure on that eighth rep, you are perfectly dialed in. That's what you want to be going for. Failure on the third, and then failure on the back offset if we've assigned it for that week. For week five, we begin a book by Ben Davis, friend of the podcast, Art in the After Culture. This is published in 2022 by Haymarket Books. For our first week with this text, we're going to read the prologue and introduction, which is relatively short. And then we begin with chapter three, From Art Museum to Art Attraction. We're following that reading with a lecture by Catherine Liu called What is Trauma in the Digital Age? This talk was given at the UNE Center for Global Humanities. This is, in my opinion, one of her best live performances. She especially excels during the q and I believe she's writing a book on trauma. This is the topic of her forthcoming book. So she's trying out some of that material, and I would expect that much of this later gets published. Each week, you have to record your progress for weights and completed reps. Bring a physical notebook to the gym, or at least write this down in your notes app. The key to making progress begins with writing everything down, and you're going to need to refer to those numbers the following week. This also means that when you're doing your sets, especially when you're on that last rep, there's no reason to hold back. You really want to go all out, and you want to hit failure on that final rep. Sometimes when people go to the gym, they think that, oh, I should hold something back, I should keep something in the tank for a later exercise, but when you're doing your lats or your biceps or your delts, That's the only time you're going to hit it this week, so really go all out on that final set. In this program, you only stop when you physically cannot complete another rep, or your form has become so degraded that you're dramatically changing posture and trying to recruit other muscle groups to finish your rep. That means it's time to stop, don't risk injury. When your form fails, you are hitting failure. For week six, the assigned reading is a text by artist Dina Yago. This was published in EFLUX in 2018, The Content Industrial Complex. We talk about an essay with foresight. This was written before Do Not Research existed. I know I should be expedient with the time for this record, but I have to just, I have to highlight this one line from it because it's kind of describing Do Not Research before the project even existed. So I'm just, I'm skimming here through the essay. And Dina writes, quote, While it might seem like the only options are to ramp up your posting with accelerationist fervor or delete your account, there are tactics to be learned from internet trolls, the alt-right, and institutional critique that can open space for effective critique and resistance. These tactics can include shitposting, the posting of unrelated material that ultimately derails conversations on forums or threads, or you can make institutional critique in the age of social media more than a court jester by revealing the inner functioning of institutions and broadcasting this to broader audiences, rather than to an audience of those already perpetrating the crimes." Holy shit, this um, it's a really exceptional piece. We discuss this further in the assigned panel discussion video lecture to watch for this week. This is from the Future of Critique titled Memes versus Museums at Bundeskunsthalle in Bonn. And this is a discussion between myself, Dini Yago Chem, who is the admin of Freeze Magazine, the meme account of that year, and Gregor Kwok as the moderator. In week seven, we continue with the text from Ben Davis. We're reading chapter five, Anarchist in the Network. And Ben has the assigned listening for this week, is a really, really lucid podcast with friends of the stream, New Models. This is titled Loss of Distinction. There's a link in the syllabus. Ben goes on to explain with great clarity the crisis of the attention economy and what it is doing to cultural institutions. So in some of the previous chapters, we have addressed what we would call maybe the museum of ice creamification of cultural institutions, where engagement and attention economy and bringing in food trucks and catering to influencers has really begun to show up in how resource allocation and programming decisions are made in elite institutions. And Ben does a fantastic job of describing that exact same impact onto arts journalism, where the attention economy now dominates overall, and it's having similar impacts across every related sphere. There's a quick note about warming up that when you're doing a smaller lift, you probably only really need one warm-up set one warm-up set is sufficient because you're not really lifting that much you know the max for your bicep curl is much lower than some of these other lifts but if you compare that to your bench press or your back squat or something where on your third set you're likely doing your body weight or greater you definitely want to do at least two warm-ups to have blood in the muscle and make sure that you have good performance throughout so before you start your three sets do two warm-ups on the bigger lifts. On the lighter lifts for, you know, cable flies or if you're doing bicep curls, one warm-up is sufficient. In week eight, we are concluding our time with the Ben Davis book, Art in the After Culture. We're going to read The Mirror of Conspiracy. This is chapter seven and later the epilogue. Full disclosure, I am. <laughs> my name is mentioned in Chapter 7, as well as Caleb Kane, friend of the podcast, you may know him as Faraday Speaks, also a contributor to Do Not Research in our previous book. This particular text is asking larger questions about social media, the difficulty of organizing towards left political aims within the framework of an attention economy that seems especially designed to spread conspiracy-adjacent ideas things that are very transmittable but ultimately low-resolution ideas. The epilogue in Ben's book is also something really noteworthy. This includes a near-future sketch of the NPCE, the near-post-capitalist era. This is an experimental sketch of a near-future scenario where it's after seemingly a revolution or ecological collapse where people are now needing to rebuild civilization and renegotiate their involvement with culture. This epilogue especially is maybe more so of an artwork than a piece of critique itself. The listening assignment for week eight is a podcast from New Models, which features myself and the artist and essayist we read a week prior, Dina Yago, along with Carly Busta and Lil Internet, Julian from New Models. And maybe topical to Ben's book in the epilogue, we're discussing the climate activist attacks onto works of art, throwing soup, uh, mashed potatoes, tomato soup onto a Van Gogh, and analogizing this to the original Batman, where you have Jack Nicholson as the Joker, who's engaging this very antisocial act of destroying all the artworks in the museum. You might remember him walking in with the boombox, he's playing Prince, and then they graffiti and spray paint and destroy all the art in the museum. But I especially like the poetry of this Joker character that persists in the memosphere, this antisocial reaction that the most dangerous thing you can do to society is to destroy something that is collectively owned, held in the public trust, placed in the museum for all of society to see, and then, out of pure spite, remove that beauty from existence. Now, important to mention for week eight, this is now entering our second block of programming for different movements. Keep in mind your Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday schedule has shifted over. On Monday, you're beginning with the machine shoulder press. We're again resetting to three sets of 10. Get your baseline here. We want to know what we're going to build off of for the following weeks. Machine shoulder press to begin, followed by cable Y-raises. We're going to follow that with the lateral raises on an inclined bench and then upright cable rows for Monday. Tuesday, we're going to reset to one arm lat pulldowns. Be very careful with this because I did injure my neck by having slightly bad posture while doing these. Exercise caution. Again, three sets of 10 for the first week. You're going to follow that with wide grip pulldowns. Move over to the T-bar row. You can really load this up. It feels great. We're gonna close out Tuesday with the reverse pec deck. Thursday, we will begin with the incline bench press. Do this on the Smith machine if you have one available in your gym. Follow that with flat dumbbell flies. Next, we have dumbbell curls, hammer curls, cross body tricep extensions, and then the dip machine. Friday for this block is our leg day. So you're gonna go in with three sets of 10 doing leg extensions to begin with. Follow that with seated leg curls followed by three sets of 10 for back squats. Now, these are not on the Smith machine. They're not on the hack squat. They're not supported. You're just doing them in the squat rack as normal. We do not have a movement in this week's program for the glutes specifically. So you're gonna do these as just standing barbell back squats as you would normally. Last movement for Friday is the calf press machine. When you're doing calves, a lot of times people try to get more volume because they're afraid to load it up. You have full permission, load this very heavy. You're going to be moving more than your body weight very quickly if you follow this program. A lot of times people hesitate, they try to replace it with volume instead of doing heavier weights, but the principles for muscle growth are always the same. Load heavy, prevent fatigue, you will see results. Week nine of the syllabus, this is where it starts to get really fun. So now we've gone through a lot of the academic, more rigorous content. And for week nine, we are reading Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash. This is a very famous, perhaps infamous science fiction book published in 1992, and we're going to read chapter one of this. Personally, I have the audiobook that I listen to before I go to sleep. There's a beautiful soundscape and sound design throughout the whole thing. It really is sci-fi canon. This is where the term metaverse is first coined. In the story of Snow Crash, Hero, the protagonist, is a pizza delivery boy. He is weaving through an anarcho-capitalist future where the only government entities are basically like conglomerate mafia organizations. It's it's a really beautiful sketch. But in the metaverse, he's very wealthy. He has a nice house, plenty of property. In the real world, he lives in a storage unit. He's very precarious. His job is always unsafe. And there's this total inverse of the virtual world and the material. Los Angeles is polluted, Hero is immiserated and precarious, but in the metaverse, he can be anyone he wants, but he can't bring that wealth into the physical world. Additionally, we are going to look at a blog post by Balaji Srinivasan. He is the author of The Network State. The piece that is featured in the syllabus is, I believe, a thousand-word summary of his book. And I've strategically paired these two things together because there's a lot of discussion of voluntary forms of self-organization the dissolution of the nation state, new types of patchworks either in the cultural sense where you have communities of like-minded people who have a shared cultural interest, or you have an instantiation of these non-contiguous pseudo-nation states. Balaji is very much a right libertarian, so we're looking at two different outcomes of a similar proposal for how to organize society, both utopian and dystopian from different perspectives. The assigned viewing for this week is very much inspired by the Metaverse. This is a video by Jacob Hurwitz Goodman, incredible documentary filmmaker. This piece is featured on dis.art. Syzygy, 2023, begins with the Chuck E. Cheese-style commercial that the Metaverse premiered during the Super Bowl, and he traces the history of leveraged buyouts, the rise and fall of Chuck E. Cheese as a franchise and how that maps onto the experience of working people within the United States during the last few decades of rampant financialization. We'll probably make a later post that goes in detail about diet and nutrition. The first thing I would encourage you to do is protein tracking. This is not necessarily tracking your macros, your calories, and whatever else, but make sure that you are getting, as a baseline, one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Tracking that, is going to be more necessary than your calories and your macros at this level. If you're more advanced, I have personally had success with Chronometer app. This has crowdsourced information about whatever kind of food you're consuming. It has the brand, all of its minerals, vitamins, macros, everything, it has its calories. So you just keep track of everything you consume throughout the day, you will gain a lot of insights for your caloric budget. You know, imagine looking at your bank account at the end of the month, and you realize, oh my goodness, I'm spending this much on Uber and this much on seamless, I I need to trim back somewhere. What I found is that I was actually eating way too much lean protein. I was very inefficiently fueling my body through glycogens through carbohydrates consuming an abundance of protein that was then inefficiently converted into carbohydrates, and I should have just been eating more fats or more bread. That would have saved me a lot of time at the beginning. A lot of insights to learn from that, but if you haven't done protein tracking before, just stick to that simple rule, one gram of protein per pound of body weight, and worry about your nutrition tracking after. For week 10, we are reading chapter 2 of Neal Stephenson's Snow Crash. We then follow this with a very brief post, uh, less of an essay and more of a political diagram by, again, Balaji Srinivasan, a bipolar America and a tripolar America. A few of these political diagrams are really interesting. The political compass, obviously quite novel, very important for politicization and development of young people. I have always preferred the political triangle. The one Balagi proposes is actually quite different than what I would design, but I think it's an interesting experiment nonetheless. And the last bit for the assigned reading on week 10 is the statement of aims from the Mont Pelerin Society. Now, if you are not familiar with this group, this is the dawn of neoliberalism. 1947, gathering in Switzerland... This includes Friedrich Hayek, it includes Milton Friedman, a bunch of economists that we would associate with the Chicago School, which forms many years later, and this is the joint statement that they release, attacking what they call as the pseudo-socialist Keynesian consensus of advanced economies in the West. So during this time, it was a very novel, fringe idea that nation-states should balance their checkbook just like you or I do as an individual. Keynesianism, the idea of counter-cyclical spending, government spending to bring an economy out of a depression. That was the consensus way of organizing an advanced industrial economy during that period. And neoliberalism, then a really fringe radical idea, successfully lobbies over the course of the remaining 30, 40 years. And in 1980s, you have Reagan and Thatcher and the Volcker Shock and so on, and many decades of building institutional power, eventually they have this incredible victory where Today, neoliberalism is really common sense politics for pretty much everyone on the Republican Democrats across the entire spectrum, overturning what was political common sense at that time. And for week 10, the panel discussion that is linked in the syllabus is again from the Future of Critique conference, and this is myself as the moderator in conversation with Hito Sterrell, the artist, and Matt Dryhurst of Interdependence and now Spawning. This is I think, probably one of my favorite conversations that we've ever done. We do talk quite a bit about the metaverse and alternative ways of organizing physical and digital societies. Both of those people have been tremendously influential in my thinking in the last few years, and I just couldn't imagine anyone better to share the stage with. For week 11, for week 11, we are continuing with Snow Crash Chapter 3, and we watch a panel discussion including Sean Monahan of Hole. Amber Ali Frost and Daniel Keller. Now, this took place in 2016. I think of these syllabi as, in a way, creating the canon for this type of work. So, this was a tremendously important conversation at the time, and it's important to acknowledge it here. Keep in mind for week 11, we are beginning to introduce back offsets on the heavier lifts. You're going to find a few of those for Monday, Tuesday, one on Thursday, and then two again for Friday. Again, make sure you're doing progressive overload for the first three. You are increasing the weight between each set. But for the fourth set, this is a back-off. Decrease it by 15 to 20. Week 12 is our final reading from Snow Crash. This is chapter 4. I really want you to look out for the communities of voluntary self-association. This is one of the often undiscussed features of a patchwork method of organizing society. Make sure to notice who they exclude. And then we have a fun assignment for later in this week. You are going to play Half-Earth Socialism, designed by Friends of the Stream, Francis Sang, and San Lee Pham. I had a really great time playing this on Twitch. As I recall, I started a transhumanist faction, and I put all of my resources into developing nuclear power. And then there was a rebellion in Parliament where they threw me out of office. And then I think the Earth died to climate change. Um, I maintain that there was actually a flaw in the game and I made no decision wrong whatsoever. Francis, when you're ready to take this up with me, um, I have a few ideas for improvement and um, clearly all of my governance decisions were correct. I should never be questioned and my transhumanist dictatorship did nothing wrong. Week 13. 13, we are reading The Orange Book. Read The Orange Book. Literally, I put that on the syllabus. I tell you to read The Orange Book. Inhabit.global, you can find it for free. You can purchase the orange book if you can find it online. Its title is Inhabit. This is published 2020. And this sketches path A and path B, utopian and dystopian outcomes of the future of increasing instability, political chaos, and climate collapse. The assigned viewing for this week is the film How to Blow Up a Pipeline. This is directed by Daniel Goldhaber, obviously based off of the Verso book by Andreas Maum. And in the film, there are several different factions of people who become engaged in climate activism. You have the liberal progressives, you have indigenous people, you also have conservatives, all of whom find a material stake in doing direct action to prevent fossil fuel extraction. I will share a brief anecdote from social media, but one of the very right-wing young men that I've followed for many years now, who's super into fitness and nutrition, he's posting an Instagram story, standing outside the movie theater, and he shows his ticket to the film. He pans over the camera to the movie poster, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, and then he pans down to something he has in his hand, which happens to be the skull mask, or the siege mask, as you may know it from the internet. So. Clearly, this film is appealing to a very wide political constituency. For week 14, we are reading an essay by friend of the stream Matt Gertzen. This was published in Textes Kunst in 2017, and the essay is called Notes Towards the Memes of Production. Again, this is part of canon building, Looking back at the essays and the panel discussions as mentioned previous that were really influential to me that formed my ideas as I started researching and publishing on these topics. There's a great discussion of Max Stirner memes as a mascot for the left during this period. And we're going to follow that with the keynote address from New Models talking about holographic media. Week 15, this is our final week of the program, and there is one single video GenPan Bernie de-radicalized me from Jacobin Magazine. And if you've spent the last few years LARPing in deranged online politics, this video may be heavier than any other lift you attempt. A few last acknowledgments for extra credit here listed at the bottom of the syllabus. I want to refer you to a podcast I did with Young Chomsky who just finished an incredible cut in the last few weeks getting super shredded for summer He posted some fitness pics to the Gram very recently. I refer you to our podcast, Young Chomsky on Physical Fitness and the Left. And again, his awesome essay, Exercise Machines Are Not a Fraud, published on Substack. Follow him if you're not already. And there's an excellent video by Daniel Felsteed, also published on Disc.art, called The Metaverse in Janky Capitalism. So that brings us through the full 15 weeks of the syllabus. You can find this post on the Substack and the Patreon if you want to start the program yourself. You'll find the assigned number of repetitions and sets for every week. You can go over this in detail. You can find active links to all of the material that I've discussed here. But these are my favorite topics to talk about. These are my favorite exercises to do. And I thought, why not combine the two of them? This doesn't yet, but it should exist. Thanks everyone for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this program.